The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Last Friday, a horrifying case came to its conclusion in England. The case of Lucy Letby, a nurse who was convicted of murdering seven babies at the Contest of Chester Hospital and of attempting to kill six more, all of which happened between June 2015 and June 2016 while she worked at a neonatal unit. We're joined by Tristan Kirk, courts correspondent of the Evening Standard. She was sentenced today. How long will she spend in prison? Well, Lucy Letby will spend the rest of her life in prison. So she's uh, 33 at the moment, so has the possibility, I suppose, of uh, another 70 years in prison. Uh, The impact of the sentence that was passed on her today was it's a, a... rather unusual, quite rare, whole life order. So she will never be considered for release by the parole board and whenever she dies, it will be when she's inside of prison. And can she appeal that decision? Well, of course, like like any other criminal case in in England and Wales, uh, she could take her... Uh, conviction and or uh, her sentence to the Court of Appeal and challenge that decision. However, um, this is a case where she was convicted of um, several counts of murder and several counts of attempted murder against the most vulnerable victims you could possibly imagine. And so if she does not successfully challenge the convictions, then you can't see a possibility at all of her being able to challenge the whole life order. How does she react to this sentence? Well, she wasn't there today. Um, ever since the guilty verdict started coming in, um, which was last week, they came in in, in small parts as, as the jury reached their decisions. Uh, she decided to stop attending her trial, broke down in tears in the dock, was led away and decided never to come back to the courthouse. And so today, the families of the victims who all delivered um, really, really powerful impact statements about how they've been affected by this case were speaking to Lucy Letby, but they were speaking to an empty dock. Was there no way that she could have been forced to actually uh, face the parents of the babies that she had killed? Well, there's there's a very um, detailed and serious debate about that going on at the moment, because at the moment in uh, this country, there is no way to uh, force a defendant to come to court. There are the powers within the court system, but there are other considerations like health and safety concerns for the prison guards and and those security officers, whether if they started trying to force prisoners, potentially violent and dangerous prisoners, out of their prison cell onto a van and into the courthouse, then they may be putting themselves in risk. Um, There's lots of politicians are talking about changing the law, perhaps incentivising prisoners um, so that they will come to court, uh, maybe by making their sentences longer if they don't go into the dock to be sentenced. However, on the flip side of this is that uh, for prisoners like Lucy Letby, that's no incentive at all. She's going to prison for the rest of her life, so another two, three, four, five, twenty years onto her sentence won't make a blind bit of difference, really. Tell us a little bit about the victim impact statements that were made today, please. Well, it's it's really powerful and quite upsetting stuff that uh, the families have been talking about today. I mean, these are all families who had, before Letby even came into the picture, gone through quite a traumatic process. These were babies who had been prematurely born. They were already 
fighting for their lives, essentially, and they'd gone into the the neonatal uh, unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital, expecting to receive the best possible care uh, in the hope that they would pull through. And, and there are obviously in those situations there are babies that don't, um, unfortunately, make it out of out the other side. But they came across someone like Letby, who they thought they were going to trust and thought was going to provide them with care. And she was doing the exact opposite in a callous and cold way. And they were talking about how their lives have been utterly devastated um, by this betrayal of trust, by the loss of their babies. And for the people whose babies um, survived Letby's actions, they're left with lifelong consequences as these these children are growing up with serious health difficulties as a consequence. Did we learn anything during this trial as to why she would have done these terrible things? Not really. Uh, I mean, this, Lucy Letby wrote, wrote a lot of notes that were recovered by the police. Um, some of them have made the headlines, and I'm sure your listeners will have, will have seen some of them, where she wrote, I'm evil, uh, I deserve this, I'm a horrible person. But apart from those scribblings we haven't really had a had a window into what it was that turned her from from the outside being a, a seemingly normal person an intelligent person who's who's gone into nursing and seemed to genuinely care about the babies that she was looking after and she went through the trial process denying doing anything wrong she said it was nothing to do with her that these babies had died and been injured and so therefore as a consequence of that, she never given any kind of an insight into into why she did it. And as a consequence of her leaving the trial process, not coming up to be sentenced, and her barrister offering absolutely no mitigation whatsoever, then why she turned into what is one of Britain's worst ever serial killers is still largely a mystery. Why did it take so long to discover that it was her and to bring her to justice? Well, that's one of the questions that's going to be rather anxiously picked over at a, at an inquiry. The government's currently deciding whether that will be a full statutory public inquiry led by a judge or something less than that. Um, but what we heard during the trial and in, in the evidence was that there were consultants in the unit who raised their concerns about Lucy Letby. They'd noticed uh, that there were babies who were dying at an increased rate than you would expect for that kind of a unit. There were unexplained aspects of their their deaths and their injuries. And the common denominator in all of this was Lucy Letby, a nurse who was still working on the unit. Those doctors, consultants, say that they reported their fears to superiors in the hospital. And, and well, in a nutshell, not an awful lot was done about it for a lengthy period of time. Eventually, Lucy Letby was suspended, but then it said that uh, the, the bosses at the hospital were trying to have her reinstated. And so there's a lot of things that need to be picked over in this inquiry as to what went on, why the whistleblowers weren't believed quicker, and why action wasn't taken to take her out of that setting and, and potentially save lives. Has the hospital management apologised for those failings or is it not doing so for fear perhaps of leaving itself open to legal actions uh, by victims of those who were murdered, or sorry, relatives of those who were murdered? Well, of course. I mean, I think the, the, the hospital and the trust that runs the hospital can probably expect 
uh, a lot of legal actions as a result of this case. They've offered fulsome apologies now that the trial is over and they've uh, expressed, as you might imagine, that they're horrified at what went on and will cooperate with the public inquiry. But there are significant questions to be answered as to how the whistleblowing process worked or, or didn't work, whether they acted quickly enough, whether they had the evidence to be able to act to take Letby out of play. And I, I, I think that uh, one of the um, senior managers at the Trust has, has said that she didn't have the evidence as she saw it to be able to remove Lucy Letby from her job. And I think perhaps fearing for the, uh, for the employment situation that you might find yourself in if you take action when it's not justified. Obviously, in this particular case, um, with tragic consequences, the, the action was justified and, and should, it seems, have been taken far sooner. Thank you very much, Tristan Kirk, Courts Correspondent of the Evening Standard. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.